Hello and welcome to the 6++ Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome ladies, gentlemen and Doomhammer super heavies to that 6++ show. I am your host Tom. I think I'm coming down with something. <laughs> I'm a little bit tired and grumpy. It's not a brilliant start, uh, but I'm going to power through. I'm joined tonight, as always, by my dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I am all right. I am less tired and grumpy than I was yesterday. That's good. That's good yesterday, progress. I was definitely <laughs> tired and grumpy. Um, but no, I am I'm all right today, so can't complain too much. And have you have you done any hobbying this week, or have you been taking the week off? I've been taking the week off. No hobbying. Basically, I'm with the elder. I'm at the stage now where um, I've just got a load of bikes to do, and I want to airbrush them. And I don't know how to use my airbrush, so ah. I'm going to um, go to Stuart's. Going to put me up. Oh, exciting! So Stuart's about to. We spoke about it on Saturday night. Um, Stuart's going to do a little airbrush teaching thing. So he's just let me going to let me know when he's available. Oh, that's amazing! Um, so, yeah, because Stuart's going to be painting some elves of his own in the future, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. all—it's all good learning for him so too. I can just go and learn, and at the same time, get him to brush airbrush all my stuff with a good airbrush. And uh, yeah, that'll be it. And then we shall see from there. But no hobbying at the moment. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I haven't I haven't done touch touch any hobby this week, uh, but I'm also joined tonight by Davy. Say hello, Davy. Oh, hi! <laughs> I am blessed with all the energy of someone who has not been to the international team tournament at the weekend. That's, um, that's a big deal, isn't it? That makes a big difference. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm carrying this podcast for energy. I won't lie. Yeah, so loud. <laughs> you are. That's You're good. It's on nice. the bar. Your it's things nice. are just peaking. Everyone who's yeah. wearing a headphone right now is just hating you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. My, oh, my God. That's super loud. Sorry, everyone. You are super loud. That's all right. But usually that's I'm okay. quiet. Apologies. Yeah, I was going to say, normally I'm too loud, um, but not this week. Okay, cool. Well, David, you had a little bit of Warhammer experience over the weekend, though, didn't you? Do you want to tell people what you did? <laughs> I don't really want to tell everyone what I did. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to move away from the microphone. Um, so I uh, took part in my first ever Sigma tournament. And before you go, okay. oh, that's a reasonable thing to do. It was a 750-point <laughs> Sigma beginners tournament. And I had a great, I had a great time. How did your uh, How did your first game go, Davy? Uh, well, okay, so I missed the first round <laughs> <laughs> because I had to take my dog to dog class, and mm. um, and he was a good boy, so it was worth it. Oh, um, good. And then uh, yeah, so there, there was a bit of that. I had uh, no, I, it was it was just like a friendly friendly kind of tournament. Um, I, I was so friendly, in fact, I took a twelve wound um, <laughs> trogoth trog boss as my. <laughs> With a four yeah. ward save that just doesn't uh, die. He heals, re, uh, heals D6 wounds. Every fight phase after it fights and every hero phase. And, <laughs> and I didn't know how good it was. I didn't know. Yeah, um, the guy who was Stormcast and he went, I could put my entire army into you and I couldn't kill it. Wow. It, and it would just heal back all its wounds by the end of the next turn. That is a bit of an issue. 
It was, it was. But I still didn't win all my any both my games that I played because yeah. I missed the first one. I drew the second one because I didn't know how you score points. I was like, so how do I score? And they're like objectives, and I'm like, yeah, I get that, but how does that, <laughs> how does that work? And because um, their objectives are so big, they're, yeah, they're ridiculous, aren't they? There's just so much objective on the board. And they do lots of silly things like they move around, they disappear, they do. All, there's all sorts of nonsense going on. It's quite fun. I do like it. I, 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 like yeah, you yeah. Know, all jokes aside, I think it's great. Yeah, no, that's good, and that's um, that's the the gits which are obviously you're getting together for Tale of Five Wargamers as well. So absolutely, but I, will, I will not lie. I was, pictures of those. I was relieved. I was very relieved to get back to playing Forty K yesterday. Good, very good. And we're back. We had some technical issues. Navy unplugged everything, which I didn't know even know you could do that. It's quite amazing. Um, so we we're briefly lost in the warp, but we're back now. <laughs> so yeah, international team tournament today. What we're going to do is um, Davey's going to take the lead and sort of chat through um, Chris and I's experiences. Obviously, Chris was the captain. I was I was playing. So we'll hand over to Davey in just a second. But it's, it's worth saying we did have Team Omegon there. As well, Team Omegon had a fantastic event. I think they went 2-3 in the end, but they ran a bunch of tough teams really close um, and played their hearts out all weekend. So well done, everyone involved in that. It was awesome to have two teams there. And I'm hoping to get some members of Team Omegon on to um, ask them and interview them about their experiences of the tournament at some point in the next couple of weeks. Right, Davey, you can can drive now. (laughs) Cool. So, guys, okay. We know we know the hot topics everyone wants to talk about, and I know you guys hate talking about this. What was the venue like? We <laughs> start off with all the all the all the boring stuff, and then we build up to the crescendo of how awesome you were. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the venue like? It's um, it's at Northampton Test Ground, uh, or Cricket Ground. Sorry, it's a really at, nice venue. Um, yeah, it's like a massive, great hall, plenty of space, um, ample parking. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got um two or three food vendors out the back loads yeah. of toilets and stuff yeah and they've got a bar there which is open all the food time. game's very good at these events now the uktc stuff there's always enough stuff to cover like you're not waiting for ages it's not too bad um so, so how many people in there talk like a 700 you said was it 300 play, players yeah. in 60, that sort of ball? 60 teams so about 300. yeah yeah roughly that's 300 having three food vendors that's pretty decent right yeah and my um my new favorite genre is is sportsmen who arrive at their venue and discover a warhammer tournament happening because we have had this a couple of times now we've been at a couple of things where we we're like in the sports center in in uh nottingham or leicester whichever it was it's yeah, just really, yeah. really funny watching these bemused people coming in for like training on the weekend. They're just looking at all this this sea of nerds and wondering what <laughs> what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, the irony of it being in a sports hall is is quite yeah, quite yeah, yeah, strong. Well, us all in our like sports sort of sports style shirts as well these days. You know, we've all got our stash. It's all very serious. Mm, indeed, very funny. Indeed. So, so good venue, good food. In terms of preparation for the event. Um, if you give like top line how deep you went into it and um if you can also like tell us briefly too much or too little what do you reckon tom i think this is this is a really interesting one because this is we've had conversations about this since and i don't think we're looking at it in terms of too much or too little this time because i think we went into it fairly relaxed and we we got a team together we all wanted to just take stuff we knew um and we were pretty confident we could have a good go at it um but 
off the back of this one where we're, we you know we had really good games this time and, and really pushed ourselves we are now chatting and nattering and thinking next time there's a, a few things we would like to do to prepare more earnestly ahead of time if that makes sense so we we, yeah, we didn't we didn't like do team prep as such i think we, we talked we sort of reminded ourselves how the hell pairings worked like the night before we went um once we had our first draw um but we 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 were relatively preparation like outside of just making sure that we all took something that we knew well and were happy with and comfortable with playing so we had chris on harlequins we had me on gene steeler colts and i had gone to beachhead pretty much with a mind on sort of sharpening up for arcs of omen meta so i was pretty pretty lean going into it and we had leon guard and we had um jamie on tau and we had paul on his magnificent wall of Deathwing Terminators, which obviously we had a feeling was going to be pretty good. So we'd had one training sort of exercise. Me and Lee had played. We'd played guard versus GSC just to give Lee a couple of reps on the guard because his, his guard army is quite new. And actually, that did turn out to be very valuable. Um, so yeah, a little, little bit of practice, but not a ton. And that's something where having now started to get the bug for teams, we're like, next time we'll do a bit more. Yeah, I think we um, underestimated how much we would come out of it wanting to do better. Yes. Uh, <laughs> last year, where we were like, oh, yeah, teams is really fun. We get in this year. And yeah, you know, we certainly had more conversations than we did last year mm. about it and um, that sort of thing. But we did try and organise a couple of practice days, etc. But yeah, the I think we've come out of this one understanding how to prepare better for next yeah. time, which is yeah. all about fundamentally just knowing your matchups yeah um and we've got you know thoughts based around that and it's it's not to give anything away but it's because we it's because we played some good teams and you play good teams and you see how it's done and also you know you can kind of get a sense of that process and we yeah we came away being like yeah we'd like to like to see if we can step up a little on that score but on that note did you have any expectations going in like was there a target to hit or it was just. We don't really believe. We know we're all three, two, four, one players. So yeah. three, two, four, one. And I think we've we've nice. historically felt in teams. I feel like the net effect of the combination of teams' experience and the pairings and all that stuff. I think that probably drops you down a bracket. I feel like every time we've been at teams, it's we we've felt like we're fighting in the two, three, three, two sort of area with maybe the four, one area. Um mostly due to our lack of experience with it so it felt it honestly felt like any result in those areas could be possible for either of the teams because yeah. we had two we had two strong teams and we kind of felt like yeah i, I wouldn't i think it would be quite hard for a system team to literally lose all its games <laughs> um but beyond that in that kind of environment i think the other thing with teams is people who go to teams are usually already pretty invested right it's not like a you're not sort of new in your journey because you don't have 540k mates to go to an event with if you're sort of brand brand new so the level is high um and it's you know it's tough i remember we you know we played some really tough teams when we went it to looked that like a shark shark tank it absolutely really it was like yeah yeah you look at the teams at the end who were three and one um, going into that final round, so <laughs> yeah. many ridiculously strong teams. Yeah, some super one. good teams. So, um, yeah. oh, very nice. But so, yeah, we um, were definitely keen to learn pairings better. That was something we wanted to do. And you knew your hats so, off, like okay, we're, we're just before the event itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long did you knew your first matchup in terms of teams? How long before? Uh, well, nearly everyone. <laughs> Got to find out their pairing at 2pm on Thursday. <laughs> um, four teams did not. No. And we were one of those teams. We were. 
On top of that, War Masters, the team that came third in the world in the ITC, were one of those teams. Yeah. Um, Mind Goblins, um, a team full of incredibly strong players. Yeah, some real, but also real powerful. And then there was TFG um, second team. And we got a message from Zach saying, sorry, there's been a glitch. Um, you're not, you'll, you'll get told you're pairing later once people in Australia um, wake up and fix it. So we found our pairing out Friday morning. We did. And our first pairing was... Of course, War Masters. Yeah, we got War Masters, which is exciting. Nice and exciting. I would say they probably didn't have their absolute first team out. You know, they didn't have Nassim, they didn't have Jack. I know those two guys were some of their top scorers in the rankings last year. But, you know, they still had five very strong players and they did really, really well at last year's event, if I remember correctly. One of them, they got to the final, I think. So, um yeah, it was uh, all good. We've got a nice challenge. So we spent the Friday night just um, chatting, like pairings. Um, I know we spent, I, I was at work and my phone was just like lit up the entire day. Um, and then that night, I think Lee and Tom, you chatted on the Discord. And yes. I came on and I chatted to Lee. And then Tom joined. Lee went away, so I carried on chatting to Tom. And then Paul came on and I chatted to uh, Paul whilst then Tom went. So, And then I chatted to Jamie in the car. So we kind of just... It, had... it was quite ad hoc, wasn't it? That's another thing where we were like, next time we'll all try and get everyone just sat in the yeah. same place. So we kind of just went over and over and we had plans in place for every first defender that they could put down and but at the same time you're trying to arrange matchups but you think they're good matchups but you don't actually know if they're good matchups yeah you know, especially like, at this stage in the meta where we just yeah. haven't haven't had the reps yeah exactly so you're kind of like i think this might be okay this might not be okay who knows so yeah with that um not we were armed with not the best information but we had guts and stuff um but we were reasonably well prepped we went we, we also knew the players pretty well most of us had played one or other of them at some yeah. stage so we had a sense of sort of the player strengths and and sort of who knew their army inside out and who perhaps had picked it up like three games before i'm looking at you ed you know what you did um <laughs> <laughs> so that helped that helped too and we, we were actually feeling low-key confident because, yeah, they had a couple of armies that had been more recently picked up in their team, whereas everything we had, we knew very well. And we were like, well, it's, it's going to be relatively close on player skill, so we feel quite nice in terms of the list. Also, we had Paul's horrifying Deathwing Terminators, and then they didn't have an equivalent, which was quite nice as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very much a hard cover to a lot of lists. So it's just all of them, literally all of them. So I don't know. Oh I don't know how this works. You'll have to talk me through it. When you get to pairings, mm-hmm. uh, who who got to put down first? So the way it works is both teams put down one defender. Right. Okay, and it'll be someone who either um, you know has only got one bad matchup or someone who can just score well, whatever. So you put both teams put down one defender, and then um, you then put down two attackers into their defender. So each defender player gets a choice. So, for example, we put down Tom as our defender as GSC. They put down Ed as their defender, GSC. So then we say, right, which two of our remaining four do we want to give their defender a choice of? And they do the same. Both teams then choose, both teams' defenders then choose one of those attackers. So what happened now is you've got two matchups sorted. Two out of the five are sorted. 
yeah. both teams get their rejected attacker back. So each team now has three um, players or t- three armies in hand. And then you repeat that process one more time. So you both put down a defender. And put the two arms you haven't put down get put into the other one. You match up. There's two armies left over. So that's kind of how it works. So you need to have, you need to know who your first defender is going to be. You need to think about who's going to go into their defender. And then the hard part is the second layer of pairings because you've mm-hmm. planned the eventualities. But when it gets to the second round, there's just so many possibilities. You're like, uh, what do we do now? And that's when having something like a matrix where you've gone, we think these armies are good into here, red, yellow, green, whatever cool. helps. But, yeah. Do you recall who they put next to Tom's name out of interest? I got a choice out of... Guard. It was Guard and something else. What was the other one? I can't remember anymore. I am asking you to hark back until Saturday morning. No, no, that's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think we had decided, and I had decided, I didn't mind the look of this guard list. Um, it was Jamie Bolcom's guard list, and he had a doom hammer in it, and, and it's, it's quite a shooty... Guardless, but it's got this great big super heavy in it, and I think I think we'd looked at that and thought because guard is one of those armies that at the moment people are looking to sort of twenty o people with and use mm-hmm. as a sort of great big offensive tool in the list. I was like, I, I having played Lee, and obviously Lee is scary beyond all reason, as we know. I'd only lost that practice game by like ten going second, mm-hmm. so I was like, guard's fine. I can deal with guard. You know, if I if I played a very a fairly optimal list and kept it very close a super heavy which isn't going to really have much to shoot in my list would be all right so i was just like i'll just take the guard out um and we'll and we'll go from there cool. and it worked out pretty nice because it ended up i can't remember the exact iterations of the pairings but we ended up with jamie on tau into julio's dracari which we were like that we don't know obviously julio's a really good player but yeah. um we didn't quite know how it went yeah. Um, we had so we had um, Tom obviously into the guard, and we were like that's going to be a close game. We had um, Lee's guard into their GSC because uh, they basically we just swapped it over. Yeah, but it was the felt, same thing. We felt we would get the upper hand on that because we felt Tom, with all his experience into the guard, um, would probably outperform someone who hadn't got the experience yeah. um, into it. So we felt like we were up on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we. Didn't know how Jamie and Julio would go, although we know Julio had played into Tower a lot. Um, I ended up going to Thousand Suns, which was one we knew was something they wanted. So my goal was just to try and make it close. Um, and then Paul went into the Alpha Strike double drop pod Iron Hands, which we yeah. thought a lot of people might want the Iron Hands because it might favour the Iron Hands. But actually, we were secretly confident Paul yeah. would just, yeah. for one very simple reason, um, the Terminators, as soon as those drop pods land, those Terminators charge and hug those drop pods. Yeah. And then that's so it. Game over. That Same is just it at that point. Yeah. it's it's it, The drop pods are such a funny thing because yeah, against certain armies, they're just a death sentence to the Iron Hands player. Because um, you can just punch it rather than hit it with the Thunder Hammer, right? And you then... just put one model into it. Yeah, oh, you just put one. Just and then kill it on their turn. And yeah, yeah. So, and he didn't have the the combat threat to hurt the Terminators. So we oh, actually yeah. felt in this matchup we got the pairings right. Yeah, and we were, but we still knew it was going to be close. But we felt we had the edge in the pairings. Yeah. So in the interest of brevity and second guessing everyone else's games and stuff, let's. Um, I think best thing to do is to go through your games, and then top line how the other guys performed as well, right? Sure. 
Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to keep it relatively brief so that we can yeah, move through because the, the, the pairings is the interesting bit with teams, right? So it's yeah. I, I had a lovely game with Jamie Balcom. He was an absolute delight to play. I've never played him before, but I've obviously seen the name around a lot. I know he's a very good player, um, and he, by his own admission, has basically he burned himself out going to LVO to secure top custodes, which he got, which is amazing, um, and hadn't played 40k since. So he was really just getting back to warming up again. Um, and to be honest, with his doom hammer and everything else, was was looking to have a good time. And and that, to be honest, that really, I really felt that in the game. He was very generous. He was very friendly and very chatty and very relaxed about it all. Um, the doom hammer is hilarious. So it's a bane blade equivalent tank, big flipping melter gun on it, but you can put like twenty kazakin in it, and it just carries them around, and it's open top, so they can shoot out which is extremely silly. Um, and he had the teleporting Kazakin brick and stuff like that, but I had the Clamavus, which screened that out. So it meant that I could, because I went first, I could just pin this Doom Hammer in, kept it pinned in all game, absorbed the artillery and stuff. And because I played guard before, I was sort of setting traps where like I'd stick four guys out, shoot him. He'd shoot me with something. He'd kill like seven of them. Unit's still there. I grow the guns back next turn and I just keep going and just kept him pinned in like that. And because he hadn't done this rodeo with GSC before, he fell right into it the first couple of turns. And then he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm stuck here. I haven't, I haven't had, I've not, I've not finished enough off. I've not expanded out onto the board enough." And you keep growing back. And so he appreciated the the trap he'd been set, um, but it meant it meant it was a very narrow narrow win because he did completely kill me off the board by the end of the game. Um, but I I narrowly took it. Um, 11-9. Yeah, 11-9. So which in, in that kind of yeah, game where, again, yeah. the goal is to keep it close is, is ideal. Well, thank you for getting vengeance for me for the... Uh, <laughs> much appreciated, Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, you played against it, didn't you? I did, I did. He mm. told, t- yeah, yeah. I was when we were uh, player place terrain and I completely balls it up. But again, yeah. Jamie was super sound, really nice guy. Oh, he's, yeah, lovely man. Yeah. Chris, how did you get on? Cool. So this was Secure Missing Artifacts. So I lucky won, won the roll-off, which meant I could bring back a um, an objective straight into my defensive area. Ah, yeah, super useful in teams, right? Because if you're defensive, you just need to sit there, right? Exactly. So, really? All right. In, yeah. so in terms of the, the Harlequins, most of my points are scored by being in their deployment zone. Um, but just being able to sit there and just have a lockdown on the primary is really helpful for narrowing that gap. It did mean that my home field objective was kind of like out a bit more and I would be getting shot wherever I was, which would be a bit of a problem. But I felt like in this mission, I would probably be able to make it reasonably close. Um, I got first turn um, and all went according to plan. He he was the first player I've ever played who actually made a concerted effort to stop me from getting in their deployment zone, turn one. And he really almost managed it. I just rolled an 11 on a charge with two bikes, which meant I could hop over a uh, the rhino that he'd kind of parked in the right place. Um, he was really thinking about his measurements and his movement and where things could go. Like Technically, really good player. I think over the course of the game, maybe he got a bit of um, his priority shooting, the way he staggered it, maybe not quite right. Um, but either way, it didn't really affect the outcome of the game. Um, his first turn... I thought he would deep strike 10 te- um, terminators in, or teleport 10 terminators to my top part. I don't want to go anywhere near those terminators. I just can't deal with them. But he said he'd spoken with the Harlequin player on their team. He wasn't at the event and he reckoned they should just slowly progress down the flank, which is fair enough. you know. Um, he did do a nice little trick. In my quest to hold my home field and not get shot away, I put my death jester out there. 
totally forgetting that smite needs is the visible, right? So he blocked line of sight, not that he could really see anything, but he had a character that could see my death jester. He then rolled a super smite and then uh, rolled the six. So my death jester's got... That's um, quite sneaky. <laughs> thankfully, he was like, oh, I expected to do like, just chip away two wounds. I was like, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thankfully, he also killed a boat right near the objective and I just emergency disembarked back onto my home field. And I managed to do that like the first two turns. Um, the result was kind of always inevitable. He pushed down this side. I pushed up the top side. So I managed to keep keeping him to fours and hold on long enough that it ended like 97, 81 or something to oh, him. Nice. So it was only a 13-7 loss. Um, I, If I was playing in a singles game, I know I lose that attrition side. I just dumped everything on the top side and said, let's see if we can win this and blow away and push around. But... Yeah, it's it's quite a rough game to be honest. But Were you I was happy with the thirteen seven. Pardon? Were you happy with the thirteen seven? Yeah, I mean, I, I like, think in that matchup, using, absolutely, yeah. Using yeah, yeah, 91, I, I kind of played it, played it reasonably. He only like kind of blew through me, turn four or five. So I yeah. held on like reasonably. It's well. it's not a good matchup for Harley Quinn. Yeah, it's sure. de- definitely. I think it was the roughest matchup of the, of the pairings. So and I think Chris did very well to make that hard work. Brilliant. And then how did the rest of the team go? Um, this is so, where it gets fun, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Paul James, um, true to form, um, did a lot of hugging and uh, won 19-1 into Ironhand. They knew that game was over after turn two. Um, Lee Churchwood um, managed to grab a 12-8 win into GSC. Yep. Um, which was really nice. And then Jamie Clifford um, pulled out all the stops and won 12-8 into Julia with his Dark yeah, Elder. which is amazing. Wow. Very well epic. Done, we haven't had anyone... No one in Six Wars has beaten Julia before, and yeah. it was it was a tough matchup, and he's, Julia's a very experienced player, yeah. and Jamie absolutely nailed it, which is great. Well done, So, so we uh, won 61-39. Yeah. And uh, were very, very chuffed with that. Yeah, it was a very good start. Really? Very, very good start. So let's talk game two. Um, we got so Lord, Lords of War, Lords of War, um, which have got a bunch of really strong players. It's quite funny when we were talking to them, they're like, Oh, no, we're playing six plus plus. I'm like, No, 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 you've got like two or three players who are <laughs> right at the top end of like UKTC rankings. Um, not, not gonna have any of this, but also, yes, oh no, that's where we're at now. Yeah, right? you should yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. People, people are afraid of us now. Yay, we literally a good game. Yeah, our pairings didn't feel like we got quite right but they were a kind of okay um, talk us through talk us through so I, I genuinely i can't remember the order at all of this but essentially what happened was i ended up going into knights which i absolutely which is a disaster you really do not want yeah. <laughs> um, I, I i think we'd I think we definitely made a couple of bad choices early which meant that there was just stuff that was bad for our remaining factions left in the pot when you're second guessing that they're going to put things down and they haven't put them down and you're like oh no that means they're still there and it's quite often that um perhaps even worse than that we had um ravenwing into jamie's towel yeah Uh, but it was 20 deathwing it was basically manny's system it's the manny list yeah and loads of speeders and stuff so that was dark angels good stuff can we call it that now 
yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone always does that to my factions. I can do it back. Right? <laughs> um, so then we're like, oh, no. Um, but Lee Guard went into their custodies. Yep. Tom's GSC went into their Disciples of Bellicor. Yeah. And our Dark Angels went into their Grey Knights. Now, we were really concerned about Grey Knights, which is quite funny. Like, no one ever wanted to play Grey Knights. No. Um, and Paul, actually, being a list that should 20 um, with all their mortal wounds and stuff, it was like, oh, this might not be a good thing. Yeah. But the way the pairings process worked out essentially was we would have two probably quite big losses. We'd have to catch up with three wins. Yeah. And that was kind of... That was how it looked, wasn't it, going into it? But yeah, yeah the, the concern was that Grey Knights, because they score super well and they've got the mortal wounds, were like, this is this doesn't feel like a 20-0 for Paul. Right, doesn't necessarily off the bat feel like that's the way that one goes, which meant that, that it was going to be closer in other places as well. Yeah. So, um, how did your game go, Chris? So, Status Quo Salvage, and thanks to all the gods. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Chris, Chris didn't have a good weekend on the pairings. Oh, really... um, so, Oof. to all the gods, thanks to all the gods, I got to go first. Um, and if uh, if I don't go first, then uh, this game is completely different. Because essentially <laughs> what happens is he's got one big knight and 11 armages. And I just fire up two bikes, two bikes, and a star weaver and say, you're not leaving your deployment zone this turn. Um, and he goes, okay, fair enough. And then kills those things. And then I go, here's some more boats and troops. You're not going to get out of your deployment zone again. And he goes, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and I was able to do this because um, troops can move block um, armatures and it's sticky objectives in the middle. Mm. So on my picture, Data Scry Salvage, top left, what I've done is because he's moved blocked in, he can't actually see to shoot on my final, on my far objective. And I've nice. got a boat there. So he deep strikes in his first turn, deep strike thing that he can do, blows up the boat. I'm like, great, cool, I'll get my troop out. They're going to be on this objective. They're now going to sticky it, so next turn they can now push into your deployment zone for like my um, for my behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. On the right flank, I can, because you'll move blocked in, I can run over and steal one of those objectives for my deadly performance. Um, and at the top of my two, I'm actually feeling pretty all right about this game because I'm, like, I'm really going to slow He's not going to score any primary. Well, he's going to score fours because he's broken out of the block down the right-hand side. But I'm like, I'm actually going to be able to make this game close. And then, basically, if you see this thing here, this ruin, I've got, he's got a knight this side of the wall. I've got a Harlequin troop in combat just on the inside. He declares a charge with this knight, which would mean he'll have to go out here, up here, and around here. And he's like... I don't know what it is, probably like a 12, but I'll roll it and we'll just see. Oh, <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. So he rolls the 11 and he gets plus one to his charge and then measures it out and yet yeah, he's made it. <laughs> and what that means is if you think about the top left-hand corner of Data Sky Salvage, where that mm. L is, he's now broken out of that channel where I've been move blocking him. He then kills that Harlequin, single Harlequin troop. Then he spends a CP to six inch consolidate onto my objective by the kind of the middle to the left L. 
And that completely changes the game because he's now broken out. I now have to present a lot of stuff out in the open to try and kill this bloody knight, um, which has got four up in one, minus one damage, trans hitman in combat. And I'm like, oh, shit. And that was a game-changing moment. And he then just managed to break free and... Um, and kind of blow me off the board in the next um, two turn or two. So I lost 15-5. Um, I predicted, when he did that move, I predicted it was going to be a 17-3. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was happy that I managed to get it to a 15-5. Mm-hmm. I think if he doesn't roll that 12-inch um, charge, I think I'd probably make it something like a 13-7 or 12-8, which I would have been really happy with. After turn two, he lit, he lit, I was quite happy. He like shook my hand. He was like, mate, you have played this flawlessly. <laughs> I am playing. I, that was by far the best game I played this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. I still lost quite handily. Like, I was really happy. I was really thinking. I was thinking clearly and structurally. Um, yeah. I was just everything felt. And when you play Harlequins right, it's how it feels. You've got the staging. You've got the progression. Yeah. Each turn just Sequencing, makes sense. Yeah. And it's like very slick. Um, and I was really happy with that. Um so yeah, whereas poor Jamie next to me it was done very quickly. He just got twenty owed. So we're sat at the stage where we're like, "Ooh, this isn't looking good." Yeah. It's good not luck. a good sign if you're playing a teams event and one of your teammates is sat down watching your game after about an hour and a bit. <laughs> you're like, "This is this is definitely not good, right? This is peaky." But that that again, that's that was one of the lists that we had to try and keep the tower away from, and we didn't do it, and that's that's on us. And this is all, again all the balance of the pairings trying to protect certain things and get your other offensive lists yeah. into different things and it's it's something we're going to need to practice and begin to learn properly so that yeah. we can really master that for next time remind me who jamie was into it was dark yeah. angels dark, dark angels, angels. Oh, raven wing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. which can just get the jump on him in some and he just got shot off the board there's yeah, something yeah. poetic about uh, shooting army killing tom i'm a big fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> davy doesn't like tau he's not, not feeling, not, 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 not team, feeling sorry for tau just yet no no, no. <laughs> My game was quite epic um, because I was conscious. I'd picked demons. I was like, I like the look of demons. I think I can get us something here. And this is again is what we were talking about before the show. I psychologically am not someone who likes to sort of cripple my opponent. I quite like to sort of like defang them and then sort of gently guide them to just not as many points as me in a game. That's kind of my preference. Bit of a control player, I think, a lot of the time. Um, but in teams, you really have to try and get those big scores. And into the, this demons list, I was like, it doesn't have tons of stuff. And I know from experience that the GSG shooting, you've got all this seismic cannon, shotguns, flamers, all this stuff coming out of deep strike. You can put a massive dent in demons units just by dint of sheer volume. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, in order to do this, I'm going to basically try to set it up to basically go for basically tabling him in turn two, which required me to give him something really worth coming out for in his turn two because he went first so he went first he just put a few little bits on the in the middle and i was like right i'm gonna give him an extremely tempting amount of army now to do all his deep demon deep striking into in the middle and put like the bikes out put um Kellamorph was out there um, a few other little things, and he he bit. He sent like bunch of beasts and nurgles, some fiends, Bellacor, the whole lot, flamers. Everything came out, 
and I got hit really, really hard. Like one whole bike squad just melted to fiends in one sequence of attacks. Kellamorph got picked up by some little Sinesh demon character, but then killed her with his pistols in reply. I love doing that. It's <laughs> 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 so good. Um, but essentially, the you know that left flank of Data Scry, which is normally where you, as Chris was cleverly doing, that's where you normally set up to play the game. My left flank, he'd just completely taken it. He came massively aggro with that, oh, wow. whilst whilst dropping stuff down on his his equivalent down the other end. So he's really spread out. Really spread out. He's completely taken the center, but because he's demons, he's only got one squad of flesh hounds in his backfield doing the data scry action every turn. So I um, then drop. I imagine the demon secondary. <laughs> Yes, exactly, getting reality uh, rebels or whatever it is people call it. Mm -hmm. So I then drop half an army behind him (laughs) (laughs) and kill everything (laughs) except Bellacor and the Beasts of Nurgle. So I think that's about, yeah, that's 1,200 points of demons in a turn. Um, It's pretty funny uh, because I just hit him. I've put like the Neos back up in the sky, so I just drop three squads of 20 neophytes in behind like ha- i have to sort of look at it and do some very crisp like analysis of like i need these weapons into this one these weapons into this one I need to like split up all this damage and put all this volume into each of the squads and i was just like i have to make sure i put enough volume into each one that it's like well over enough toying costs because they've all got four up saves right so you just like, i just need to force like 20 wounds on each and each of these and just about managed to pull it off so just massacred all of these bloodletters and then my favorite bit of the entire tournament happened which is that his teammate then comes to see how he's doing and goes which side did you deploy because <laughs> <laughs> he can't tell anymore because I've, it looks like i've got two deployment zones and he's just in the middle with the little bit that he's got left uh, it was a very funny game um pete i should say it's pete duff who i played as well um who's who's um mike duff's brother and i've met him before and he actually sold me some lovely night lords back in Back when I was sort of collecting them earlier in the edition, he's a lovely guy, and he I'm was super. Those two are great. Yeah. yeah, they're super fun. Highly recommend the Duff Brothers, and he took it like an absolute champ, and just kept playing with these beasts of Nurgle and with Bellacor, just kept swinging, kept kept sort of fighting away. And I sent my Primus in to try and kill the beast of Nurgle, and it went disastrously wrong for him. And yeah. we, had, we had a lot of fun with it. But obviously, with Data Scry, if you no longer have a home field to do the Data Scry action with. It can it can get quite difficult, so I was able to turn that into a sixteen four. So that was that was the goal, like lure him into a really heavy exchange, and then try and get a really heavy win with it, which I just about managed to do. I could have played it cagey, but the scores would have been closer because demons secondaries are so good. Mm. Um, so I was pretty happy. That was one of the games where I was like, yeah, I achieved the sort of team style outcome that you need. There's one other game we'll get to later where I managed to do that as well, and it does involve taking more risks than i like to do uh, and at one point it did look I was like i'm just gonna get run over i'm just gonna get murdered by these these demons and be a bit embarrassed but now it worked out in the end it was good very nice cool so how was the final score for the that round so um we've then got um paul who uh, was going to the gray knights and whenever I checked over it, it didn't feel like he was just running him over no it didn't it looked really tight um, yeah I'm not saying I wasn't next to him, but it did feel like that. But he won 12 8, so oh, that's good. And then we come to Lee, and Lee's going into Custodes, and he's got a lot of shooting. Um, and essentially, I don't know if you know this, but guards have this unit called the Kasakin. Um, <laughs> and they're quite good at shooting. 
And what you can do with Catechin <laughs> is you can make them ignore things like um, feel no pains and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know if you also know this, but custodies have a four up feel no pain against mortal wounds, mm. uh, which they therefore do not get to use. Mm. And it didn't go particularly well for the custodies guy. As far from what I can make out, the this um, 10 man blob of Catechin killed somewhere numbers have varied somewhere between <laughs> six to eight hundred points of custodies on their own yeah um they just dropped the shield captain who was just defending an objective um they just yeah they just absolutely rinsed him and lee went huge and won 20 so wow that's a that's a really really strong result Terrifying, so right? with that in mind the final result was 53 to 47 to us. So very wow. close. Very. And actually very extremely close. close. Yeah. Speaking well, by this that, time, you bought, you're all convinced you're going to win the tournament, right? Yeah, we're pretty confident. Yeah, we'd, we'd started to believe our own height by this point. And sure enough, we then sailed up to table <laughs> number one. Well, we yeah. did. Was that where we were for that round? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, we yeah. got to play BDSM, <laughs> also known as Team Bulgaria. Yes. Uh, this this was very special. This was very exciting. And they had God. We have God. And we have Dark Angels. And they have Dark Angels. They had Jinari and we had Harlequins. They had Drukari. We had GSC. And we have Tau. And they have Chaos Knights. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to pair that up, I'm like... Guys, if I can get Yunari, I might actually get to win a game now. <laughs> um, so that'd be nice. Yeah, um, Jim for knights for sure, right? Oh, he wants yeah. those knights, yes. How wants Curse Knights. And then we're like, what does everyone else want? Well, surely they won't want the mirrors, so it'll be fine. Um, and basically the way pairings worked out was they got to make the choice of whether they wanted Dark, in Dark Angels into Dark Angels and Guard into Guard, or two sets of Dark Angels into um, two sets of card. Yeah. And they decided they wanted double mirror. <laughs> um, so we got me into Yanari. Great. We got Tau into Chaos Knights. Great. We got yeah. GSC into Jakari. We didn't really know, but We Tom, didn't, but I know Jakari. Tom knows Jakari. Yeah. And then we're like, well, the, surely the Terminator off is just going to be a draw. How does the guard mirror go? Well... <laughs> I'll tell you how the guard mirror goes. Um, in this context, what happens is one guard player goes first yeah. <laughs> and kills an awful lot of things and then wins 20-0. <laughs> and unfortunately for 6++, the Bulgarian guard player got to no, go first. No, no, no. Yeah. So that means we're now sitting at a 0-20. and 20. Mm. Meanwhile, Paul is playing the mirror, and actually, his opponent has a slight mirror edge tech because he's got reroll wounds. And if you've ever spoken to Paul, you might have heard him mention once or twice that um, you can only wound Deathwing Terminators on fours. <laughs> um, and so, if you're getting to reroll those fours, yeah, rerolled fours are very doable. That's quite a bit better. That's seventy-five percent, fifty percent. So that was a slog fest for Paul. Um, which meant that Paul lost 11-9, um, which put the rest of us in a bit of a, bit of a tricky bye. situation. Um, how was your game, Tom? It, well, firstly, 
my opponent was a Bulgarian lad called Kalyon, who was an absolute babe and was a, frankly a bit mad and was having a wonderful time, was very excited to be there, very charismatic, and we, we had an absolutely brilliant time. So that was the main takeaway for me, was that this was just one of those lovely moments where you get to play an international player who's just super grateful to be in Northampton um, and and that was really really nice. And he was also a very good Jakari player. Where and he had a proper like go wide MSU, loads of transports, loads of racks, loads of trading pieces, and incubi. And on that particular mission, it actually works super super well because it's, it's conversion. So you've got the diagonals where they've now changed it. So you've got the little boxes in the flanks, and you've got the ruins. And Drakari love it because they can just stash Venoms in those boxes and you've just got these little dropping points. So I think Harlequins would probably quite like it too because you can just hide on the sides there. And he had end of turn. And what I found in that game was I wasn't sure quite how aggressive I could afford to be into Drakari because he had the Animus Vitae, which people who've played me will know is the, the grenade where if you get too cute with me turn one, I will charge your entire army and then that'll be the end of the game. So I couldn't get too close to him. And I was very cautious and had to sort of chip away at him and nibble away. And so we had quite a fun early exchanges in the game where pure strains are running out, killing some Drakari, going back underground. I've got two packs of them, so the next one's ready to go. And I just keep recycling them. And I'm just whittling down his squads a couple at a time each turn. Um, And we're basically tit for tat. I can't quite get him off. He's managing to make sure I don't score too high on primary. But then towards the very end of the game, I start to push onto the middle and sort of gum it up with bodies and start trying to get me some primary and make sure it's hard for him to get points at the end. But there's a few bits of luck swinging either direction. Um, I get really lucky on some four ups on one flank. So um, some pure strains, I kill a bunch of stuff that they probably shouldn't have done. Um, and it's really, really close. And I think in scoring terms, I think I win it by a handful of points at the end, but it's a draw in teams terms, right? So we have this incredibly hard yeah, for yeah. dead heat of a game, um, which was amazing, really fun, really enjoyable. But yeah, I just he just was very good at making sure I, there was too much at stake overextending because there were just going to be too many units that would come flying in and start tying everything up. Um, so yeah, turns out that's a tricky matchup. Not a, not a tricky matchup to win, but a tricky matchup played very well to sort of get a big result in. So I fell short. Um, I got my Yanari, um, and I we kind of all deployed in that, and then he got first turn, and I looked at the board and I was like, shit, because he could if he'd wanted to, he had these four shroud runners that could have whizzed into my back lines, probably killed two star weavers. I got so much shooting and then charged and tagged a bunch of stuff because they can pregame move 16 inches mm. and then move 16 inches, so just in your deployment zone. He's got the Howling Banshees, who he could advance and charge in, and I was like, and then, you know, I kill that stuff, and then the Incarn appears, and I'm like, oh, no. So I guess I was a bit fortunate as much as he ch- chose to play quite defensively. Um, he didn't attack me with the bikes. Um, he just stuck two Star Weavers in my deployment zone. Um, and I was like, okay, I felt as soon as that happened, I felt quite in control of the game. And I felt in control of the game the whole time. I think that's probably maybe a language barrier thing, but there were a few like discussions we had to have about rules and that sort of thing, which became a quite hard work at points. Um, and there were bits which he hadn't didn't quite remember and stuff. Um, <laughs> the fun, there was one quite amusing moment which I will mention, which was uh, 
for the, obviously the income can drop down when something dies and he had a unit in the middle of the board and I shot and killed it. And he's like, what other shooting do you have? So I said, I've got this, 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 and this. And he's like, okay, okay, don't worry, you can carry on. So he was clearly thinking, should I put the Incarn there? I then shot like three other units, killed some other stuff. And he went, oh, actually, do you mind if I do put my Incarn <laughs> in the middle? And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, but no, because I, that's just, firstly, that so much stuff has happened. And, Secondly, I actually don't want you to put the Incarn in the middle of the board anyway. Um, and yeah, at the end of the game, we had to kind of like talk it out and it was it was a bit tricky. But in the end, we kind of agreed on a, uh, I think it was like 90-74 to me, which was a 13-7 win. Um, so I got a win at least. But I did see in that game, because he gave me quite a few units. Like I killed Banshees, I killed Striking Scorpions your shining spears without them actually ever doing anything in the game and still at the end he had more stuff left than me um so yeah you can definitely see the power of like kind of the inari there um and then we go to jamie and he was going into knights and we were he was next to me so we were chatting it through and he was saying like the guy just presented all his knights to jamie but got to go first oh. uh, and then oh which was annoying, but then he still had them all out turn two, and Jamie was like, if this turn two goes well, then this could be a 20-0. And then what proceeded to happen was Jamie did his Jamie thing, which he likes to do at least once every tournament, <laughs> where he just rolls ones and twos for an entire turn and proceeded. I think his plan was to kill four or five of the armages, and he killed one. Oh. And rather than completely annihilating this little body like which were approaching him, he just barely scraped it. I was like, so does this mean you're now going to lose? She was like, no, no, I'll still win, but I'm not going to be able to get the 20-0. And sure enough, he couldn't. So he got a 14-6, which was still really good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we ended up losing that round 54-46. Um, and, you know, you can there you can point to lots of things, right? Tom, if Tom goes second in that game... Yeah, that's, that's the thing. The, the Jakari definitely needed the end game swing to get about you know about sort of eight primary in addition that they weren't going to have otherwise so i would have been narrowly ahead on the win yeah um jamie doesn't just roll shit then we probably win win that game lee goes first we win the round um for me i turned to i knew that i could just carry on playing and i would probably get like a 90 something 70 something win but um i if i'd known in hindsight i would have just gone unpushed and i just dumped my whole army there and gone right i'm gonna try and risk it and kill you um but you know hindsight's a wonderful thing so yeah we finished the day 2-1 um it was frustrating because i feel like we could have won that round yes Um, i think so we were good we were good value in the round we we didn't play badly um we didn't pair terribly it highlights how dangerous mirrors are in these kinds of situations you don't want them or unless you want to try and create havoc <laughs> you, you don't which we do later on which we do later on but in a, in, a, in a round where we're like we might as well create havoc um but it's yeah. yeah so it's it's interesting and those i think part of the art of it is making sure that you those lists that you have that can achieve blowout wins get into the things they're going to get into and don't don't have their day ruined um, you're sort of, you sort of, as teams is funny you sort of have to help the bullies bully things that's kind of the ethos, right? It's very important, and and you have to make sure that the weaklings get get thrown under the bus as well. <laughs> it's, it's a strange thing. 
So a bit of a um, so a bit of a sober a, a, a sober sobering up moment, I suppose, mm. in the evening. Which isn't what we then did, no. <laughs> the irony. Yeah, the Bulgarians went out till who knows how late. They they were very they were delighted. They were and it was very nice actually to see because they were super happy having come all that way. Imagine so coming a, all that way for a night out in Northampton. I well, I know, I know. Those who don't know Northampton. I don't know how it compares to Sofia, but I've never been. (laughs) I don't know. Um. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all right. So you've gone out, you've you've had a lovely time with the the other team as well. And you've had your name and you woke up, you're feeling invigorated. Who have you drawn into? Um, so yeah, we got our pairings like that evening. Oh. So we then we were um, we had new paper. So we were, like rooting around, I had, like these tiny little cards, and we were trying to do a matrix and pairings and stuff. And whilst whilst pretty drunk, yeah. <laughs> and we came. We thought they would drop. We so we were playing TFG gaming, okay. Um, and we kind of thought there there were two armies that they might drop down. And we kind of paired, did the practice pairings of that, and we felt really confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we um, went into the parents' process and they dropped down something we hadn't thought they would drop down. And then it just went all to shit and we <laughs> got completely outpaired in this Yeah, game. they absolutely rinsed us. Um, fair play to them. They just they got every matchup that they wanted. We didn't. And we were well and truly on the back foot. And for me, um, I got paired into Custodies. Um, now, two weeks ago, I played into Custodies on Tide of Conviction, and I lost 134. And I knew that in this game, I was going to lose roughly 140 <laughs> again. And, I was like, and uh, I, he said, oh, I played Harlequins yesterday. And I was like, oh, okay. So it go. Like, oh, I'm not telling you. And I was like, oh, okay. And then anyway, I got first turn, and he went, I was like, oh, this is a tricky one, isn't it? And he went, yeah, I'm really sorry. You you just lose twenty zero in this game. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't know that. <laughs> um, Please tell me this is like a really great story where you smack him in the head. No, it's not. Yeah. So what happens is I'd love to tell you that he fought the good fight. I fought the good fight. <laughs> this um, is the Rocky Balboa story where Rocky gets. Oh, him mate, one. you wait. Turn one. I'm like, right. You've given me five witch seekers there on that home field objective on your like first objective near you. So, and I go on the charge. Obviously, he then does his bloody Praetorian plate, and the um, shield captain suddenly appears on that objective too. I'm like, oh, that's that's a bit of a problem. Okay, right. Well, I'll just kill these five sisters. Oh, I've I've killed one sister with my five turbocharged. Harlequins on okay. Oh, and now only one's left after everything's for hmm, not the best first turn. This was probably my only opportunity at scoring primary this whole game, um, getting two points on overrun, and I failed. And then he came forward, gave me some Venetari to kill, very kind of him. Um, and I killed those Venetari, and he then killed nearly my whole army. And we went into turn three. And I went, is there any way I don't get 20 owed here? And he went, well, you've scored zero primary and you won't ever score any primary. <laughs> and no, there is no way you can score over 50 points. <laughs> and I was like, that's a very good point. Let's go get a drink. 
the same the same deal again where quite early in the round Chris is floating around you're like oh Christ what are we I'm doing like messaging the guys no, yeah I, I think I had I'd sort of and this is something I'm going to be better at next time. In the last stage of the pairing, I was trying to stay out of it because I didn't think that me nattering in Chris's ear was going to be helpful. Um, and Chris had a decent fix on it. And so I did. I missed the bit where we somehow got the custodes into the Harlequins. And I was just like, oh choice. my word, what has happened? Like, how, how have we allowed this to happen? We had a choice of putting down Tau or Custody or Harlequins as our second defender. And then we put down Tau. Mm-hmm. We should have put down Harlequins. Um, yeah. But... Essentially, the other pairings. So I got absolutely smashed by custodies. So then we're like, guard, or oh, our guard, okay, our guard will take their zinch. And they're like a result because they've got zinch demons, which is a bunch of three up saves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were like, oh, we'll be okay. They were quite confident it was good for them. Yeah. Then we've got Paul into Tau. They thought that was good for them. We're like, not good for them. It's not good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got all they wanted. Tom was into Harlequins. Now, we know when Tom and I played, it's super close. Yeah, yeah. We know if people don't have experience into GSC, they don't know how to play it, then it could be good for Tom, but it could also be bad. We don't know yeah. how. And then Jamie is into guard, and we like, maybe he's okay into guard. <laughs> and what's happening, whilst I am getting absolutely systematically destroyed, <laughs> is um, we are discovering on the table next to us that guard's redeploy takes a step is the step after Tau's redeploy Ugh. in the rules. So what that means is the guard player, because the guard player's one happens at the start of the first turn. Oh, wow. Which is obviously completely fair. So As long as it's not an army with like long-range artillery or anything yeah, like that. Exactly. Or, so, or pre-game moves. Or pre-game moves, or, or tele- pre-game. teleporting into it. Yeah, any, yeah. any of those things. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, Jamie redeploys his army. The guard player goes first and redeploys his army and shoots Jamie to shit. <laughs> and uh, that was game. And Jamie got 20 would <laughs> <laughs> So there's Jamie and me just next to each other. Like, yeah. well, we're both we're losing forty nil right now, guys. So <laughs> over to you. <laughs> um, Paul does pull things as he did in pretty much every game. Of every game, and the Tau player's got like a load of crew, and I'm like, those crew are going to be about the halfway line on the board. Yeah. Paul's going to charge them, and on turn two, the Tau are just going to have Nothing forty Deathwing Terminators in their thing. And sure enough, they did. So Paul just smashed it on one twenty zero. Which yeah. led me. Paul just went up to me and went, I have the board. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was like it was very early in the day and just like I have the board. This is definitely yeah. all down the line. Led to Lee and Tom having to try and win matchups, which we really didn't know how they went. So yeah. Tom, how was your game into Harlequins? Harlequins was good. I played John Clark, who I think we'd established was one of their like one of the players that they had. He was a player who's who pops up He's in rankings well, and is around so i was like oh you're a good player so i was excited for that i was like it'd be nice to nice to have a run at a good player um what i'd, cu- I'd come out of the Drakari game very determined not to play uh kg and also i think with the context evolving around us i was like right yeah again much much like the demon game have to go and get a load of points um i have played twilight a, a lot and i've played chris and chris plays twilight very well and i played um ryan at whatever tournament I played Ryan at, who again, excellent Twilight player. So it's actually, it's a Harlequins. I, when I, when I went over there, I was like, what, what flavor of Elf have I got? And he was like, Twilight. I was like, oh, brilliant. It's my favorite <laughs> one. I know it well. I know what it wants to do. I know how to play it. 
And on tide of conviction, essentially, the potential challenge Harlequins have if you create it for them is that their secondaries or the ones they like to take are actually taking them away from anything that matters because they're trying to get into the deployment zone. They're trying to get out behind and beyond. And a lot of the crucial battle is happening in the midboard because there's so many objectives there. And essentially, I think, I'm trying to remember if I had first turn. I think I did have first turn in this one. Um, and I pushed yeah, up, yeah. pushed up. I was very aggressive. I sent pure strains. I killed two of his bikers because I'm like, well, that's one unit that you were just going to throw into into my deployment zone. Now you have to throw something more valuable instead. Mm. And I a bit like with the demons was just pushing bikes and stuff up just enough to be like, go on, have a nibble, come and get this. And he did buy it in his turn. He had to commit quite a lot of resources to get rid of the pure strains. Found them quite annoying. He ran, charged a troop down into my bikers. And this is the moment in the game where he realizes he's in trouble because he goes to do his sort of, he wants basically with Twilight, you want to do loads and loads of piling and consolidating and go down the board. And so he attacks my bikers at the end of the chain and then I start taking bikers out the middle of the chain, leaving some bikers in with his guys. And then afterwards, they run away due to coherency issues, right? So his troop is stuck in the middle of the board rather than getting all the way down where it wants to go. So he's like, oh, no, you know how to deal with Twilight. Oh, deal. What am I going to do? And then the bikes obviously grow back in the next turn from the banner and start, start counterpunching. And essentially, I just had to drop down and stagger attacks with big neophyte bricks quite aggressively. And this thing you always have to do with Harlequins or Elves of any kind where you kind of have to like drop things so you've got every possible angle in an area covered. So I dropped a Kelomorph, I dropped a troop of um, like Neophytes, dropped Neophytes, moved bikers up, and there was a bunch of boats. So it's like, it doesn't really matter where he goes when I start blowing these boats up. I'm going to have something that can shoot it. So I opened a couple of boats up, killed the things inside it, sent the Kelomorph in, to fight a couple of survivors. And this was really funny. So I, I say, I like to charge the Kelomorph in so he gets himself killed and then he shoots another thing. But in this instance, the guy was like, oh, do I want to interrupt? I was like, honestly, he's rubbish. Don't need to interrupt. New Harlequins, not good. The Kelomorph with his three attacks battered them to death. And I was just like, oh, I've still got a Kelomorph. Um, and the guy's like, ah, oh, it's really annoying. And I want to say for Jonathan is that like, his dice just didn't happen for him at any stage. And there's an extent to which that's just because mechanically they've, mechanically they've redesigned Harlequin so your dice aren't going to happen. Um, because fives, right? It's fives all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting game, but I was able to basically just demech him so quickly and aggressively and then put lots and lots of neophytes in the center that he was really struggling to score any primary at all. Um, which I needed to do because he was on the end of turn. So in, on Tide, you can score massively at the end. Uh, I talk about this all the time. Like you can, you can get like twenty-one points. It's very easy to win big on Tide of Conviction going second. So I was in the position of needing to stop him being able to do that. So I had to basically just put him away before then. And he took assassinate and he killed loads of my characters. So he scored all right on that. But basically, at the end, he tried to take an objective with a Death Jester. There were two pure strain gene stealers left on it, and then I just rolled. Five four up in one saves against the Death Jester in a very Harlequins manner. I think it's worth saying, um, or of Harlequins of old, not Harlequins now. Um, but he'd also gutted all the rest of that squad before the Death Jester went in, and then I rolled a one on the leadership as well. <laughs> so he didn't get anything. He didn't get a hold. He didn't get any points for Tide. He didn't get deadly performance. Um, and so there was a bunch of points tied up in that, and it's not impossible 
if I'd failed the morale and the other pure strain had run, I think there's enough points that the result of the overall round is actually different. So luck of the laughing god is on my side this time, I think. But it was a lovely game. John was an managed athlete. to uh, managed to grab a seventeen three win. Yeah. Which is not something anyone there would have predicted. No. So that was that was really huge. So that's, that's what I do, baby. <laughs> so uh we sat around there like, right, so it's just lead to go. There's about fifteen minutes left and they're only on turn three. <laughs> Um, interesting, and we're like, Lee, just so you know, you need to win. The, the, the whole round has been, people seem to think he's going to win, but it's going to be a close win. Um, and we're like, Lee, you need to win 13-7 for the draw um, and 14-6 for the, for the victory. And they're like literally rolling dice at the same time as they're just doing everything frantically trying to get through these two turns. And... They come up and they tell us the result, and it turns out Lee's managed to win fifteen five. Whoa! I was I was confident he would. Fifty two forty eight win, completely against the run of play to use uh, <laughs> football talk. Didn't feel yeah. like we deserved that. They that, were shell shocked. That was a, a dodgy one nil away win by like Sunderland back in the yeah. day. It was, it was it was one of those the the smash and grab. It uh, didn't feel good, but we no. got it. <laughs> Um, and we were 3-1. And there's part of you which is like, uh, what would be really nice is just to have someone else like a nice 3-1 game which you know you feel we got a good chance into. Then there's the other part of us, which is like... The part that know, knows what know, happens to us. We know exactly what's about to happen. Because that's yeah, just what happens. shadow comes over, yeah. the tournament, <laughs> over the tournament arena. And at this point, there are a lot of good, very good 3-1 and one teams. There's only like three undefeated teams in the entire event. And sure enough, there we go. Table four, Dice Down. Woo. So for those of you who don't know, Dice Down are, came fourth in the entire world last year. They've got people like David Gaylard and Vic um, Vijay, who were like top four players in the world last Incred- year. Incredible players, yeah. Um, they've got Brian Seep, who's also an incredible player. A wonderful player, yeah. Um, uh, Boris, well-known for running Bad Moon, really, really strong player. Um, Jim Bess, who's also a very strong Kyrie yeah. player. It's all killer. Uh, it's a team that is all killer. They're not a big team, but every single one they have is a fantastic player. Yep, and you know they were going there with they. Their one loss had been to Team Poland. Yeah, um, who are the best teams team in the world. They're like the the thinking man's teams team, right? Um, (laughs) We're like, okay, right. How do we do this pairings? So at first point, I am like, well, they're probably going to outpair us. So why don't we just randomize it? Which would have been fun. Which would have been funny, but <laughs> we're like, no, 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 we don't want to get brutally mocked on their podcast. Um, so let's we'll... get brutally mocked for trying rather, yeah, yeah. rather, rather yeah. than not trying. Right? And we, them, we go right. Who they put down first? And we're like, don't know. Okay, well, let's try if they put down guard. Right? Okay. Who would they choose? And we just literally were just like, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. So we kind of just went no, over there. We knew who we were After a weekend of playing, like, that, that's the thing. exhausting. That's the thing. It's and so- what, what we learned in this moment was that for those kinds of teams, just have an evening and work out what you would do before you even go to the event yeah, is the answer. right? Yeah, once you know what the lists are in those sort of 10 scary teams, the practice of doing that, just having a think, what would we do? Um, and actually the kind of fluency and appreciation of the current game state that you'd get from doing that, which you could then use for you know easier pairings, 
Mm. Um, that was something we just did not have. And you can't just conjure that up sort of a bit hungover on a Sunday um, at, at the end of the day. <laughs> Chris is great, but he's not that great. Yeah, yeah. exactly that yeah. honestly it wasn't fair to be you know we we're all sort of looking at chris like chris what do we do yeah perfect parents please yeah, yeah. yeah at this point we uh, came up with an absolute master stroke so we put down guard and they put down guard and um it was Garden Elder, so you're choosing David Gaylord or Vic VJ. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that is your choice. At that point, we go, well, why don't we just roll the dice and let's see if we can get Lee yeah. in the mirror That's going it. first? Because we remembered. We remembered the guard mirror and the way we'd been diddled by the, by the yeah. Bulgarians. So why don't we just go for a 50-50 there? Because yeah. if, if that's the case, then Lee could win that game. Then they put down Iron Hands and they gave uh, and we gave them GSC or Dark Angels. So they chose yeah. the GSC. Yeah. And um, we should have given them Dark Angels or Harlequin. Yeah. Uh, Dark Angels or Harlequins, because apparently Iron Hands were worried about Harlequins. Oh. Yeah. Um, so they take the GSC. And I can't remember what happens. Oh, yeah. Then it was like, right, do we put Tau or Harlequins down? I was like, right, I'm following my gut this time. I'm going with the Harlequins. So I put the Harlequins down. And basically, I get a choice of World Eaters or Eldari. I'm like, well, the. Aldari into Jamie's tower is going to be a 20 I'm like, I know Vic's an amazing player, but I'm like, maybe I could make score some points in yeah. this game yeah. and um, kind of like not be like so brutalized. It doesn't mean Jamie's going to be playing into World Eaters, but World Eaters have to run across the board. Maybe Jamie can shoot them off the yeah, board. Yeah, he's got a lot of damage that will hurt World Eaters. Right? Um, and meanwhile, unfortunately, Paul's going into Jukari, which just means that his going to be horrendous for the Jakari. So it doesn't yeah. mean we're going to get a 19-1 or a 20 yeah. there. But it, honestly, it feels like that was just... I, I, I was saying afterwards, like, the Jakari player getting battered by Paul is just the best case for them. Because it's like, if, if one of your players has to get battered by Dark Angels, it might as well be basically the weakest army in the That's team. Because like, yeah. what you've not lost any of your heavy hitters that way. Yeah. So what was quite funny was their how confused they were during our... Pairings and literally, <laughs> maybe final, they thought we'd be better than we were. <laughs> the final went down. Vic loudly announces they've done literally the complete opposite every single time. Or is it stupidity? It's a little bit of both, isn't it? Um, a bit and both. Vic goes, Why didn't you take the world eaters? I was like, Well, I figured they'd just bum rush me and kill me. But she was like, no, you just stay back and you shoot them and then you just keep staying back and you shoot them. He was quite annoyed, I think, because he was looking forward to just running over Tau. Um, <laughs> oh, I see, I see. And now he was like, oh, now I've got a potentially having to play a game here into Harlequins, which, which might not be great. Um, more on that later. So, <laughs> um, essentially, Paul did pull things. I do. Um, I do have Lee's. Lee has sent me his match report, by the way. So we'll, we'll read that. Okay, out. We can go for we'll do everything else first. Then. Yeah. Um, so basically, I think Paul said his opponent um, put some reavers near him or something. And Paul, what Paul likes to do is make <laughs> most of his long charges and pilings and consolidates to go up the board. Yeah. So he sends in one unit into that. Um, into those Reavers yeah. to kill them. So the Drakari, what will have happened here is the Drakari player has got a Reaver pack to score behind enemy lines turn one, yeah. flies that over, Paul then springboards his entire army off it. Just, to move right think, up the board. 
if he you gets charge... a plus three with the chaplain, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he gets that plus range. So he charges in one unit that's going to kill the Reavers. He then charges in lo- other units into there, uses the one unit to kill them. Everyone else now gets extra pylons and consolidates and yeah. is suddenly in his lines. So it's way more movement than you're ever going to get yeah. without it. Um, people who, you know, Paul plays it masterfully. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that was just like I looked across. I was like, oh, well, we've just finished deploying and Paul's in his opponent's deployment zone. So, well done, Paul. <laughs> so, Paul won that 20 <laughs> Um Jamie, an absolute animal this weekend. He's actually yeah. been quite. Yeah, I, I expect him with these many, this many twenty hours and this stronger performance. I would expect him to be more chatty and chat about it. <laughs> yeah, he's been it's, quite it's, reserved. He's no, he's very, he's very chuffed with himself. I mean, we just need to get him to some GTs because they're just they're, they're great right now, and all it's that practice, all that practice he's got is just he's just ready made. It's not like he's got the the message and, and he doesn't know how to use it. He's literally been practicing that exact thing for two years, yeah. and now it is just so insufferable. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> terrifying. Tremendous. Like you think he lost, he beat Grey Knights twelve eight. He lost the Mirror eleven nine, but won three other games like nineteen one twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Just, um, Jamie Clifford had a really, really fun game against Boris. Yeah, they were having such a good time, and they were really, they were really worried. I think actually, like they were trying to t- say, like, you need to deploy like this, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they, the World Eaters had enough had in the bank, so they won sixteen four. Yeah, I think I think it just took Jamie too long to get him off the midboard. Basically, World Eaters never looked like they really got their teeth into the Tau Castle at all. And and Jamie killed lots of stuff, but it's just it just wasn't enough to get him off to yeah. t- take the board yeah. later on. So my game with Vic, um, so Vic's got like kind of ignore line of sight shooting. Lots of like I got a night spinner, five D cannons. He's got rerolls on his on um, rerolls to wound one reroll like the Orthway thing. He ignores cover. Got yeah, some yeah. runners, some Harlequins and stuff. It's a really nice like well rounded list and. He goes, well, I've got our game as a 10-10. I'm like, okay, well, we both know that's... I've played Vic a few times before. I'm like, Vic, we both know that's not going to happen, but, um, you know... <laughs> that's this, is my, this is my final game ever, well, for a very long time, anyway, with Harlequins, um, and I'm, you know, I'm looking to learn, and hopefully we'll have a good time. And so he does his turn. He sends two units of Shroud Runners into my um, battlefield, kills some boats, uses a nice... Um, uses D-Cannon... Every turn of this game, a D cannon just picked up, just picked up a boat. Yeah. Um, and I made a mistake. I put, I disembarked the Death Jester and the um, troop into line of sight of Baharov rather than being into line of sight of um, the Shroud Runners. I was like, well, Baharov can kill the troop. That's fine. Totally forgetting he had a Night Spinner. Just it's in the ruin. I've just totally forgotten it. And he's like, oh, do I shoot my Night Spinner into your Death Jester or like into the bikes? Mm. I, like, I don't know, Vic. What do you do? He's like. Gonna go for the death jester. I'm like, cool, we'll be fine. He rolls, he rolls like five shots on the night spinner. I'm like, oh, I think I'm gonna be okay. He goes, I'm gonna CP re-roll it. I'm like, shit. And of course he rolls a ten. He's got ten shots into my death jester, which promptly dies. Um, so I'm sat there like, oh man. So I'm like, right, let's do this properly, come on, let's play properly. So I open up the scoring and I start projecting. I'm like, right, one of these objectives is wide out in the open. So that means we're probably going to score fours on our primary. I go through my secondaries and I'm like, I look at him and I go, oh, I can see why you have projected this as a 10-10 if we just play passively. And he's like, oh, yeah, exactly. 
And I, I did actually say to him, what is your projections for the all the other games? And he said it would be a 15-5 to pull. Um, I can't remember what he said for your game, Tom. I think he might have had a 20 mm, I think I think they were anticipating 20 Um And then the Jamie game, I think they had a 15-5 to Boris. Mm-hmm. And then the guard game, I think they had like a 15-5 to Dave. So they're feeling pretty confident. And then word comes down the line that Lee's so gone first into David Gaylard and has smashed him <laughs> and killed so much stuff. Yeah, which which was true. That which was happening. We'll, did, come, did we'll come back to it, but that was happening at the time. On top, Brian Seep is like, I don't really understand what Tom's doing and this is making me worried. <laughs> Which is how I like to play. <laughs> Boris is like, oh, this isn't this isn't going well. Like, he's a bit like, oh, am I going to get to the towel? Am I going to get shot off? They know Paul is going to win 20-0. <laughs> and Vic is like the loveliest guy. He has this wonderful smile and there's just this gleam in his eye that just suddenly <laughs> appears and I'm like oh shit <laughs> what I would really like is Vic to be nice and friendly right now and what he essentially does is bends me over the deck <laughs> <with Hero Lou. laughs> um, for the next two turns yeah um, some level, literally got the yeah. glove <laughs> yeah on some yeah, levels that's it's nice right it's nice to see to really see that that potential in action, right? I think that's that's really cool. I think, Zero to be Zero. able to be able to go from naught to sixty like that is terrifying. And he basically went aggressive, and he wasn't even like, a, no, "I'm going to bomb rush you." It was just, a, "I'm just going to put a few things out here, and I'm going to use all my indirect shooting to keep demecking." I've lost two. Yeah. I've had one turn. He's had two. I've lost five boats already, what? just from. A little bit. Of sh- they, a they, little just, bit they just cannot. They, I, was, I was just devastated at how easy they are to kill now. Like, it's no- and um, yeah, we got to my turn. So he's had three turns. I've had two turns. We get to my turn three. And I'm leaning over the board. And on my side of the board, in this ruin, is one <laughs> Star Weaver and five troop. And that is it. And I'm like, right, is there any way I cannot get 20 owed here? And I couldn't. Um, so essentially, because he was giving me nothing. So there's this moment right on his flank, near the objective, where I've sent out unit to R&D. And he's like, fired in stuff and there's one troop left. And I'm like, right, okay. He's killed stuff on my home objective. But I could heroic intervene with this troop onto the night spinner, into the night spinner, grab an objective through that, get four points, and then springboard off that with my pilots and consolidates, and then get into his deployment zone for three points on um, behind enemy lines. You know, just trying to think of everything. And he's just like, right, charging my light spinner into your troop and the Viper. And I'm like, oh, man, like, can't you give me this? He was like, if it was singles, yeah, but this is uh, this is teams. So I need the 20 <laughs> And essentially, we I spent few minutes on my turn three trying to work out if i couldn't and the best i could have got was like it was like 89 or something 8936 maybe <laughs> i was like this is embarrassing <laughs> uh, i was like you know this match is supposed to be close and we spoke about it afterwards i was like what did i do wrong 
And he was like, I couldn't believe how quickly you died. Just, I had no no um, idea that you'd die so quickly. I was quite aggressive on my turn two to try and clear out my home field objective up in the top of the corner. It was the bombs mission. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that objective is out in the open on UKTC train. I'd sent over two units and um, the troop master, but I just hadn't got big enough advances. And I was kind of just, I was in a bit of no man's land. One of the units failed their charge. And he was like, you know, in hindsight, you could have just not committed as much. But then if I don't commit as much, I don't have as many fusion pistols to kill the Star Weaver. And we know how that can go. That can be quite swingy. So he just felt like he just, he brought, he set the trap and I had no choice but to fall for it. Mm. Um, and he actually, on the Art of War Discord, he did like a little tournament report and people were asking about his games and they were like, Someone went, I can't believe you beat Harlequins 20-0. And Vic was like, yeah, um, I was really surprised how quickly he died, but it was the first time I played against a competent Harlequins player. So thank you, Vic, for that astounding compliment. That is Um, nice, isn't it? But I I was the exact same in the game I played with Harlequins. I honestly just, it's nuts, that five up. It doesn't do the job to keep any of them alive. it doesn't. It's all you just will now. so my final game of the very for a long time with the Harlequins was an abject disaster. <laughs> but thank you very much, Vic, if you're listening. So that then leaves Tom and Lee. Yeah, so I did a few things. As as Chris says, Brian was definitely a little bit spooked at the start of the sort of going into the second turn because I decided I was like, I'm going to make this a bit annoying. That's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna just pull a few of the things I know to make this irritating. He was like, I've played in this loads of times. So I know this matchup very well. I was like, yeah, fair enough. I was like, but I, I'll wager Innes is a more aggressive player than I am. Mm-hmm. I just have, I just have a feeling that he is and I'm not going to make this straightforward. So I, I, was, I did a few things to mess with him. I, I went for banners instead of RBD because I knew he had the infiltrator. So I was like, I'll make him come out to me and come and come and try and take banners down. Um, and I made my bikes blips rather than putting on the board. He was like, "Oh yeah, just the bikes to go down." I was like, "Ah, oh, no, no, they're going to be blips. You're not going to know where they are. I'm not going to keep kind of keep them hidden in case you you go first. And we'd set up. He had a very, you know, very much a meta Iron Hands list. There's a drop pod going to come down. There's a gladiator reaper kicking about. There's a character volkite dreadnought wandering about, and then loads of land speeders and some vambets and all that stuff. And as we were set up, if I had had first turn, I would have killed one of the infiltrator squads. And then the southern objective, his only way to an eight, is going to be very vulnerable to getting hit by anything of mine that's coming in from reserves, all the Neos, because he can't screen. Then he loses his 12 screen, right? As it is, he goes first, which means he can stick it, he can move the infiltrators behind. And then I'm stuck in that pattern where I can go and take it off him, but then he just puts the infiltrators back out, etc. So first turn's big in this one. Um, absolutely massive because yeah, I'd, I'd, he, if he's down an infiltrated squad, he simply can't stop me from getting in and dropping squads and shooting some things. Does that make it a win? Nah, absolutely not. But it means that I can hurt some of his other key units a lot better. As it is, I also like to spend a couple of turns trying to kill these damn infiltrators with like seismic cannons and stuff. And it's that flipping five up feel no pain strat that Iron Hands have completely throws the maths off on the damage too, just stops you getting through them. 
he used it very well. I should have been amping up to damage three to counter the five up feel no pain to stop him from matting me out. And I also should have started the Kellamorph on the board. I lose so many games on the basis of whether I deep strike or start the Kellamorph, and you can get it wrong both ways. But if he's there to hop out, shoot them, hop back, and help out with that, I can clear those infiltrators a bit quicker. Mm. And I, in some ways, I'm doing the same nonsense I was doing into Jamie Balkan, where it's like Neos pop out, you shoot them, you kill loads of them, but you don't actually finish the squad so they regenerate. And I was playing very passively and just killing land speeders and stuff as it came towards me. But in the end, I mean, it's just the sheer firepower on the Gladiator Reaper in the Volkite Contemptor, especially once he starts sinking some of the stratagems they have into them. Because the output, you end up with like exploding sixes to wound on some of these things, which are firing like 18 shots. And it's just, yeah. it just goes right through these 20 mans and bikers. And I was just losing resources too quickly. I think I probably needed to make a play to at least kill the gladiator in about turn two, turn three to stop it just constantly rinsing me. And I would have had to drop quite a lot of resources and risked a bit to go into that. And I didn't really want to do that. Um, but it meant it was just too hard for me to get a foothold in the game. And then the Vanguard vets came on and just started pushing me off the board. Um, and at that point, the banners game plan starts to look a bit silly because I'm going to get pushed off long before I can benefit from the late stages of the game. Um, and RBD actually in the end would have worked out better. But I think, again, Brian can play more passively if I do take RBD. Um, and it's an interesting one because he really wants a 20 as well. And the whole late last two turns of the game are very much me fighting to make it a 19-1, out, basically mm-hmm. out of spite. Um, and I do manage to do it. I have to like yeet some near fights into his... I steal his home objective in turn five, which is good fun to get like four points at the end. And and um, I do manage to put one bomb up. His flipping gladiator disarms one of my bombs, which I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not at all impressed with that, Brian. That was outrageous flex. Um but look, Brian is just the loveliest man. And I think I'd made a lot of effort to be prepared in terms of the matchups for this event. But Iron Hands was just not one I had played. And I didn't really have a sense of it. And I think I'd over. I'd put too much thinking and emphasis into the drop pod. And I was not worried about the drop pod. Indeed, the drop pod didn't really do much. But actually, it's all the other stuff it's the speeders, it's the Volkite, it's the Gladiator. And, he, and if you play it well, like Brian did, where it was, he was just using land speeders to force me to come out and clean them off and then he shoots me with other stuff and he was just using all the assets he had super well just made it really hard to get my teeth into but as i say i think going first i put a hole in his flank and he can't screen my reserve punch quite as easily which maybe gives me a little bit more chance to at least put more of a dent in before i get rolled off the board but and we have a very fun moment at the end where my uh Primus with his relic weapon kills one Vanguard vet and then gets murdered by his four mates because that's yeah don't take a relic weapon on your Primus guys it's just not worth it <laughs> <laughs> no one cares <laughs> right okay and then we'll do Lee's report so here's Lee here's Lee Lee played David Gaylard and he's written us a little summary so Lee says in the first round of pairing I was given the unenviable choice of Vix Eldari or Gaylard's guard i'd played the guard mirror the day before and two things had happened i went second and had my ass handed to me but i also learned a few things about playing the mirror match so for me the choice was pretty clear i could play vic and lose or play the mirror and probably have a 50 50 shot at winning Uh, and during pairings david had called me out saying i'm going to destroy you which he did say he was very fun david was very very good fun during the pairings was giving it a bit of that which was very 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 enjoyable um and i lee says he'd offered him to to have a rumble in the car park i don't remember that happening. <laughs> <laughs> um 
So he says, during deployment, we both used our sentinels to ward off turn one teleporting Kazakin angles, and we both made sure Kazakin and mortars were out of mortar range of each other. But then I won the big roll off, and my Kazakin teleported into a hole outside his deployment zone. They nuked a Lehman Russ, one unit of Kazakin, and put some wounds on another Russ. My unit started putting down some hurt. Mortars put a dent into his Cadians, and his Chimera full of Kazakin was destroyed. At which stage, David rolled five ones, so five died. So that's fifteen Kazakin gone already, and that's the teleporting unit as well. Yikes! So Lee says I was in a winning position from the off. He never knows when he's down, does he? Lee, he's a confident guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then David had his turn one, and this I have to say, watching this because at that stage, this is exactly when the ripple went down the line. Like, oh goodness, we might be in trouble because it, it looked really bad. It was like Lee just had the entire midboard, tons of David stuff was dead, and he just looked really hemmed in a corner. But then essentially, he retaliates massively. Rolls well, picks up tons of Lee's units, but also pulls off an enormous wrap on Lee's stuff in the center. So there's a bunch of his stuff just holding the center. Um, So the game then swings back hard. But the crucial thing for Lee is that Gaylord is dropping behind on the secondaries because of the casualties he's taken. It's actually very hard with the guard secondaries to keep scoring without the infantry units in the right places. Um, because his ability to score boots has been crippled by all the casualties at the start of the game, which I think in the mirror, this is the crucial thing, right? If you lose a bunch of your infantry, your ability to actually score boots on the ground, if you get hemmed in, is much more difficult. And Mm -hmm. Lee had also taken down some of his banners. So by the end of it, Lee had only three units left on the board, um, but managed, despite Gaylar getting a 12 on primary at the end, to just about win very, very narrowly. And again, in team's terms, it's a draw. No good to us, Lee. Try harder. <laughs> but in in morale terms, it's it's a narrow victory over David, David Gaylar, which is obviously massively impressive. So well done, Lee. Uh, and I can say, I, as I was I was listening to the game, and they were both having a wonderful time with it as well. And that that by far was one of the the really enjoyable aspects of the weekend was hearing them both sort of talking through the strategies and then having a lot of fun with it. Very so- good. <clears throat> Very As you good. can probably tell, we therefore beat Dice down. <laughs> um, uh, we lost sixty-five thirty-five. Yeah, we got a bit mullered. Which, and I, I say, I, I, I take a lot of responsibility for that because when we were doing our matrix, I was like, "Ah, oh, Iron Hands, how bad can it be?" Turns out, <laughs> turns out, very bad. <laughs> so that's a lesson I learned for next time. I should have tried to get Vic because all those D cannons go to waste into my horrible chaffy horde. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, very nice though. But overall, so a good weekend overall. Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing! Amazing. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, we came twenty seventh of sixty three or something. Um, but the teams we played came fifth, ninth, twelfth, thirteenth, and fifteenth. So you're, the... you're all welcome. You're all welcome. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> had the second highest like strength of schedule and the whole thing. War Masters, who we beat, they came like twelfth or something. Yeah, like it was, oh man. Um, so yeah, it was a. Uh, it. I don't think we went into this tournament f- realizing how we would come out f- feeling. Yes. Like uh, we came out came out feeling like we actually want to be competing at the top. How can we? Yes. Do that, which we didn't, which didn't happen last no. year. We were guarding um, ourselves a bit, and also we were yeah, as I said, the meta had changed. We didn't really know what our level was because we still don't in teams. Like we know we know pretty much what our level is in singles, 
Although there too, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, you just you could just feel it in all of those games. It's like yeah, we give a good account of ourselves in these in these kinds of matches. So. Yeah, lots of fun. And yeah. for those listening, definitely do team. Oh, event. absolutely, We've highly highly recommend it. Three, what? four more booked this year already. Mm. So. That was my next question, Chris. When's the next one? So we are going to May. In May, we're going to Birmingham teams, and we've got two teams going to that. Um, and then we have got a eight-man event in um, June, um, up at Element Games, which is going to be called because eight-man events is oh pairings. Imagine the pairings yeah. possibilities for eight Imagine players. How many ways you can get that wrong? Yeah, w- <laughs> oh, we've we've lost every single round here. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like a WTC style thing. In July, we've got a little four-man one. And then Saffron Slam with our very own Lewis Elms is um, going to be doing one in October. Um, so, yeah, lots of teams, opportunities. And, yeah, like if they're not UKTC, then then probably not scoring you points. But actually just the the process and the playing and the learning is just, like, it's just so much fun. It's, um, it's preferable, to be honest. Yeah. Um, unless you spend your whole game playing into crap matchups. But, um, yeah. but it's, and the, oh, the camaraderie of it is really valuable. And it's it's you know when we we are a team right we have a, a a team that we're all part of and when you actually get to be on the same side in that it's really nice and it's mm. yeah and as I say we we beat one very very top UK team and then got got taught a lesson by the other but it was it was you know those those are the kind of games we want to be having and I think we felt like it's it's a place that we we could get used to and we could definitely work towards being out more regularly we reckon. I mean, this sounds fine, but is it is it a seven hundred and fifty point Age of Sigma tournament? No, no we're we're amateurs, Davy, compared to yeah, that. I'm that's very jealous of you. <laughs> Shall we appreciate we're we're on for time here? Do we want to go to the Instagram questions, or shall we save them for next week? That is totally up to you, mate. You've just listened to us babble for an hour and a half. If you want to call it there, we can call it there, and we can do questions next time. I think we do questions next week. Yeah, let's do that. All right, nice. wonderful. Davey, thank you very much for hosting. Um, it's been loads of fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again next time. Bye. Bye. See you later, guys.